Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Corona Connections Worldwide Podcast. I am your host, Angela Callender, and I will open with an apology since it's been brought to my attention that Corona Connections Worldwide sounds kind of sexy or at least romantic, and so far it hasn't been, but uh, stay tuned. I never know what the future holds. Um, background is simply that I have managed to collect a number of friends in a number of countries over the years and I got to thinking early in my quarantine days or about midway through my quarantine days that it could be interesting to know how their lives are being affected by this global pandemic so here is my podcast where I catch up with them and learn about those experiences. My first guest is a former boss of mine from when I was doing wedding videography in Charlottesville, Virginia um, about eight years ago. Uh, he's been living in El Salvador for the past three years and I thought he would make a good first guest because first of all early in the pandemic he had been sharing information with me about what his experience was like and in fact we dissect a voice memo he sent me on whatsapp to see how opinions might have changed and also he runs his own podcast so i thought that he would be able to give me some pointers for that which he did he suggested that i use the podbean hosting site which i am doing um, and also I want to be sure to drop a plug for his Tennis Heads podcast. Uh, that's Tennis Heads with a Z and don't get all Starbucks on it. It is a Z in place of the S at the end. I don't want any of you out there searching Tennis Heads. And as long as we're doing plugs, I might as well mention that at the end of the episode, when I try to do a couple plugs, I only plug my personal Instagram accounts. But in the time since this was recorded, which was a little over a month ago, we recorded this on September 17th. Um, I have gone ahead and done social media stuff for this podcast. So give us a follow at Corona Connects Pod on most of the platforms, but on Twitter, it's just Rona Connects Pod because I just had a whole headache of a time trying to set up a Twitter. Oh, I also wanted to include that um, I am using the opportunity to use some of my own photography for my Zoom backgrounds. And the one right now is at the corner of Burgundy and Dumain Streets in the French Quarter outside the Hotel Saint-Pierre. Um, I will be hosting the episodes on YouTube as well as a way of including maps and, and all of that. But there are some visual jokes that get made a little later in the episode concerning my background. So I thought I would drop that little bit of information. All right. Well, anyway, without further ado, enjoy. Let me introduce you, Kirby Martin, my first guest on my new podcast. Kirby is my former boss and current friend uh, <laughs> and mentor. Which is amazing in and of itself. No, no, honestly, like such a such a mentor to me. I learned so much and still really employ a lot of what I learned as your wedding videography assistant, which I began doing back in December 2012, which feels like a very long time ago at this point. Okay. 
<laughs> Seems about right. <laughs> and now you are in El Salvador teaching, um, amongst other things, surfing, although maybe not surfing under quarantine. Uh, uh, we weren't allowed to surf for 77 days, but we are now. I actually got beat up in the water yesterday by, by, three, by three guys. Uh, oh, actually beat up. I thought I was thinking I got pummeled by a wave or something. I got well, I I mean, that's every surf session. I get pummeled <laughs> by waves. But um, yeah, I got um, punched in the face by a guy much larger than I was who only punched me in the face when there are two other guys around like they, they surrounded me. What was the reason? It's a long story. It's uh, the guy the, the guy who punched me robbed my wave. And he wouldn't leave the wave. If you if you drop in on somebody, then you're supposed to just kick out. The guy says, hey. And he's like, ooh, okay, sorry. And then you just leave the wave. He never left the wave, and I lit him up. All these guys from San Salvador are very aggressive. They think they own the wave. So I said, you need to go back to San Salvador, learn how to surf, blah, blah, blah. I was <laughs> mad. I mean, he took my wave. You know, there's rules out here. We have rules. I trust you. And so, yeah. And so, um... Yeah, and then he was like, Benice, which means come here. And he caught up to me, grabbed my leash, hit me in the shoulder with this board. His buddy converged, like real, like, mean, didn't say anything real. And they were close to me. I took a wave. I dropped in on a local. He said, hey, I immediately kicked out, which I shouldn't have done. And then they were all surrounding me. They started grabbing on me, grabbing my board. And then um, the guy, boom, right in my face right there. And then I was like, God, I'm like, maybe one of these guys, I don't know. Like, maybe I can, maybe I could like jab the big guy. He's much bigger than me anyway. Like, maybe, but three guys? It's like, I'll die. Yeah. So I, um, I tried to take a wave. They grabbed my leash. I got a little bit of separation. Then another wave came. I took the white water all the way to the beach. So it's <laughs> to be continued. To <laughs> yeah. Surf my way to life. Wow. So Yeah, it's, it's a like, dramatic story. It's the most dramatic thing I've ever heard of happening in the water, and it happened to me yesterday. Oh, my gosh. So it's, that's not your ordinary surf experience. It's not just like the mean oh, waves. Oh, no, it's of... super chill. It's like, yay, we're surfing, <laughs> and how are you, and good waves, and awesome. And then the city slickers come in. Oh, my God, I like your in. board. Yeah, the city guys ruined it all. <laughs> so anyway, Same. it's to be continued. Um, my The advice from all the locals so far has been go to the police, which will probably happen. There's a specific law against violence in the water here because they want the tourism. This isn't probably very good advertisement for the tourism, but <laughs> well, it, it, it happened. You're trying to keep it to yourself. You know what it's like when yeah. I'm just coming down. Yeah, but it happened. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, well, and where, where exactly are you? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I am in um, Playa Sunzal in La Libertad, El Salvador. Okay, and um, like geographically, where is that? Like, where are you? Like on the. I have no idea. But you're on the. I just land. Somebody the, picks me up. <laughs> this is how my geography is. Are you are you on the Gulf or are you in the Pacific? Oh I no, mean, you didn't. <laughs> like the Caribbean or the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> I should have really looked at a map oh, before. Oh no. Now I've learned oh, a really no. valuable podcasting lesson. Look at a map first. But the thing yeah. is like. <laughs> and then four minutes in, the wheels came off. 
But see, here's where you get to tell me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we all get no, to it's learn great. a lesson. <laughs> um, so El Salvador um, has one coast. It's on the Pacific, okay. and it's a south-facing beach. So okay. the beach runs east to west. So when you're looking out at the water, you're looking south. Got it. Okay, great. Good information. And what is your, like, you've been going yeah, so to I'm on the Pacific side. Yeah, and you've been going to El Salvador like as long as I've known you. Like, how did you like? How did that become your spot? Like, how? how like, what is your history with El, El Salvador? Um, so a buddy of mine uh, about eight years ago suggested I come take photos of the surfers. A buddy from Virginia, and um, I literally like considered it for a couple of seconds, and I thought to myself, I'm doing that. Um. But it was more to like learn how to surf than to take photos of the surfers, although I did both. Um, how so, did you yeah, really surf came, before that? I had tried for a month in Costa Rica, like 10 years before that. Okay. Um, but that was like the first time I was like really in a position to go back and try it again. Um, so yeah, um, came down here for a couple months in the winter and still couldn't surf. And then came back the next year for three months in the winter. And then I learned I could finally catch waves on my own after like a month and a half. And then, yeah, just gets better, except for when you get beat up. <laughs> well, so if that was around 80 years ago, I guess you would have been like, it would have been in the first year or so of you starting to go there when I met you. I didn't, yeah, okay, well, that's cool. Oh, like, <laughs> okay. I don't remember years or mm -hmm. anything, so yeah. that's news to me. We we know each other for eight years, is that right? Yeah, oh, nearly oh. in December. I know. What? Yeah. How do you know these things? Well, well, because like my I move around every couple of years, so I had just moved back from Thailand at that point oh, and right. was job hunting and like found two jobs in in Charlottesville, and one was with you. Um, and yeah, so I just remember that's like a benchmark in my brain. Oh, okay. Um, December 2012. Benchmarks don't work with me. When I moved, after I moved to Charlottesville, I had been there for who knows how long. And I had to text my ex-girlfriend in New York. And I'm like, when did I move to Virginia? <laughs> She's like, September of 2003. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> well, I always make the joke that my last name is Calendar. <laughs> So it's I just true. I didn't remember those things. I didn't remember that. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know how to pronounce it that way anyway. I get a lot of colander and colander, mm. understandably. Oleander, um, lavender. Um, well, funnily enough, somebody just yesterday or the day before tried to email me, but reversed the O and the A in my last name. So it was like Angela Colander. Um, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew it, but dots and Gmail addresses don't matter. Um, so it asked him if he meant Angela C. Olander and he was like, I guess. <laughs> and so, um, like it was this invite to some shared media thing. And so he invited some random, like Angela C. Olander <laughs> and I like wonder about her, like, who is she? Yeah. Who is she? I want, I wonder about her too. <laughs> Um, yeah, all the, all the people with names sort of like ours. When I was in college, <laughs> this, this totally dates me, but there was like a, a DV, no, a CD with, uh, like names of people from around the country on it. I went to the, the library and I was like, I wonder if there's another Kirby Martin, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And this was like, this is 19, like 93. I'm like, I wonder, it was like the first access that, you know, we had to like information like that. And I was 
very heartbroken to find out there were 26 other Kirby Martins. And I was like, no, I was, I was the only one. I found other Angela Callenders on Facebook, but a lot of them seem like bots to me. So I hope they are. Oh, wow. <laughs> I hope they are. But um, yeah. yeah, okay. So you've been in and out of El Salvador for the past eight years, and but you live there now, right? Like that's where you're basically primary resident. And how long? Yeah, I moved here three and a case? half years ago. And I've only come back for an extended period two years ago to uh, knock on doors for a uh, Democratic House of Representatives candidate in southwestern Ohio. Right. Okay. I remember seeing that on Instagram. Yeah. Aftab Pureval. <laughs> yeah. I can go ahead and drop his yeah. name. Yeah. Um, right. And you've been teaching since you've been there. Are you still doing filmmaking stuff? No. I did last year. I filmed a couple weddings, um, but it's. I, I did the math, and I'm like, well, I'm earning exactly the same thing hourly here teaching than like getting on a plane and going. And like now with COVID, like I'm not, I'm well, not going back. Well, even just like personal projects, like are you making surf vids or anything? Well, it's third world. Um, so if I did anything like that, which I'm not, it would be like a hobby because there's no money here. Yeah. Like, even the surfers are like here on the cheap. Mm -hmm. So they're not trying to like pay like first world prices for anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not, it's not feasible. Got it. Yeah. And that kind of, I was going to ask that you sort of describe the average day or week, if you have like, you know, a weekend routine that's different, like pre COVID, like what was stuff like for you? Like, um, like your teaching schedule, surfing schedule, friends, social activities, living situation, that kind of thing. I'm still looking to make some friends. Um, but it's a joke. Um, I don't but, know. What, I can't, how do you react to that? I was like, like, sure, I be. get it. It's hard to could be. Maybe. Are you serious? Like, like, I've been living here for three and a half years. Yes, well, I have friends. Maybe you'd move to a new like little spot or something. Yeah. No. Um, well, so yeah, I got like, oh wow, you really should have some friends right now. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah. Yeah, you should express some kind of surprise at that. Uh, so yeah before honestly things for me personally haven't changed that much so before i uh, get up at four in the morning start teach from 4 30 to 9 30 in the morning go surf come back shower eat take a two-hour nap wake up drink cold brew coffee like try to try to like remember where i am like i'm super zombie <laughs> and then um do whatever you know maybe watch a soccer game or um, just go out on my porch I can see the ocean from my porch so I'd sit out there and just like look which is that's my TV that I do that like sometimes for all day I'll just sit there and watch the ocean not even um, any advertisements then, yeah unless there's the little planes that, that fly by with a with little banner no there's no no there's, <laughs> they don't they can't afford airplanes here um that's a lie, but there's not that many. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, and then teach in the evening from like 5.30 to 9.30, um, get five hours of sleep and do it all again. And then on weekends, it's more like, well, okay, so the weekends have definitely changed because it was like, I wouldn't really go out on Friday nights, but Saturday nights I would go to, um, there's a like a surf town that's 
two kilometers from here and it, it pops on the weekends. Like a bunch of people from the city come down and there's like, um, there's like a club or two and then there's like, you know, yeah, different like spots what, with live you, music. Like are you in, you're just in a small surf town? Like how far are you from San Salvador? Um, like what? I'm the... 40 minute drive with no traffic from San Salvador. And when you say the city, um, that's what you mean, or are there like other yeah, cities? Yeah, the around? city, the capital, San Salvador, it's all the same thing. Yeah. Right. I get my groceries about, it's about seven miles away, maybe, mm-hmm. um, is the nearest grocery store. Um, but the, the, like, the surf party town is two kilometers from here. And uh, yeah, I go there and um, just whatever, see live music, dance. Um, talk to like just roll around town and talk to people that I know um, and that doesn't well so we're not into COVID yet right this is pre-COVID so so yeah and then Sunday surf and uh, just chill watch soccer um, you know maybe um, you know have somebody over or whatever um, occasionally go play tennis in like near the city um and yeah that that was my usual thing pre-covid and within your town is are there many restaurants and bars or that kind of thing to speak over that mostly you'd have to go outside a little bit for that sort of yeah in in uh in the town that's that's near me the surf town it's called el tunco um there's lots of um restaurants and bars and stuff uh so you're even a little bit and, outside of a, yeah. a proper town, like you're kind of isolated. Yeah, I'm you're just okay. like in a little, there, there's just like a few houses here where I am. It's like a little neighborhood and nice. um, and very few permanent residents. Like I think my neighbors right here, Doña Rosa, um, she and her husband are, and their daughter are the only, no, that's not true. There's an there's a couple more people down here, but it's like year-round population. Yeah, year-round population here, like permanent residence is like, you know, less than ten. Okay. In this just in this little like, you know, neighborhood. Um. And so where are the, is it mostly other Americans who are around as far as like the the people who are in and out or um like who who else is is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it runs the gamut. Um, a lot of people from Brazil, some people from Argentina, um, some people from Japan. Uh, you get a fair number of Scandinavians here. Um, there's a lot of Canadians, a lot of people from BC, um, Americans, uh, other people from Europe, you know, France, Germany, a lot of Germans, um, England. Yeah, so uh, we get, it's pretty cosmopolitan in that way. Yeah. It's like kind of a nice place to be because I've had like so many conversations with so many people from so many different places and I've learned so much just by being here of mm-hmm. all places. Like yeah. it's, it's way more cosmopolitan in that regard than, than my life was in Charlottesville. Yeah, and it's the surf for the most part that's drawing people there or is it just kind of like known as a speech paradise is there diving yeah, so, or anything like that? So for tourists, it's mostly surf, but then there's also uh, backpackers, mm-hmm. or there were backpackers. Right. Um, so they roll through. It's kind of like, 
uh, I feel like for most of them, it's like a stamp on the passport. Um, they they stay for like two or three days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They stay for like two or three days, and then it's like, and then they're they're like, well, okay. There's like not that much to do for them unless they're like you know here on a weekend and they like to party. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of they they kind of seem like fish out of water to me here sometimes because I'm like so you don't surf, so I don't know like <laughs> it's good to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then okay, I have the clip that you sent me on March 31st was the date. Um, and I can play it. Your like summary of like the early quarantine period. Okay. I'm going to, okay. Wow. This will be great. Still in El Salvador, the president here is awesome. He's 37. And before there was one case, he shut the borders down. Then when there was one case, he closed the airport. And then when there were three cases 10 days ago, he had this hour-long presentation on TV where he showed, like, the graphs and charts of, like, Spain and Italy and said, you know, this is their trajectory and explained all this stuff. And he's like, everybody's on 30-day home quarantine. Um, He's like, one person from each house can go get food, but that's it. And then if the police catch you out not getting food, then you automatically go to a detention center for 30 days. And within the first 24 hours, like 200, he sent out this tweet saying like 216, these 269 people um, could have spent the next 30 days at home with their families. Instead, they're spending, spending in a detention center with strangers. So he's been like super super awesome like i feel so lucky to be in a place where he where you know somebody's like on it and understands and is like you know taking the appropriate measures and the next day i saw some blowback on twitter like apparently like some people in the congress here were like trying to lift the quarantine and he's like dude look at this and he sent this uh posted this video from spain of people in the hallway lying on the floor in the hospital like there are not enough beds and these motherfuckers are like dying on the fucking hospital floor and he's like this is the first world it's like look at this this is spain it's like what do you think would happen here if 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 this were us you know so he's like it's so great you know it's like i love telling people in the states about this because you know there's a little bit of contrast. So, yeah, I'm just chilling. We're not allowed to surf either, which I'm okay with. Um, and, um, yeah, teaching online and just, you know, riding it out. I think it's going to be more than 30 days, but we'll see. Um, yeah, and I know New Orleans got it bad. So how is it going up there? So, um, I saw you instantly do the thumbs down to thinking that the president made the right choice, which my, and just for the record, my response was in agreement and saying that I, I wish that we had better leadership here and that I thought it was interesting that you would 
that the situation had have people like you who are not like super like pro authority, like pro police, like pro like is shut down or anything, but it seemed like the prudent choice. And it seemed like with this unknown thing that's coming for us, we got to take strong actions. And I, I, that was what I understood from that. Yeah, and I still feel that way. And what he did initially was exactly the right thing to do. Um, uh, yeah, my opinion on, on that is unchanged. Um, but it got complicated because, um, so the president of El Salvador is 37 or 38 years old. His name is Nayib Bukele. And um, I know a couple people who know him. And... Um, he was a club owner, and then he ran for mayor of, of San Salvador and got it and apparently did some good things and then ran away with the last election. They're presidents for five years, and he was elected like a year ago. Um, so I think it started off very, very well. Um, however, he's definitely lying about the number of deaths. And I've heard this from a myriad of sources. There's way more deaths here than are being reported. Um, apparently, what is happening in the hospitals is when somebody dies from, you know, COVID-related stuff, the doctors are writing down, like, rare pneumonia. So it's not counted as a COVID death. I heard a similar criticism made of Mexico today, like the, okay. the, exact, the exact thing. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, so who knows what the, I, I used to read the numbers every day. And then once I started hearing that, I was like, that, you know, like these numbers are totally, you know, they're lies. So I'm not going to pay attention to them anymore. So I don't know what's going on here. I have no idea. I know it's bad. I know I've seen videos of morgues and of hospitals that my friends have taken in um, the city, um, and it looks pretty bad. It's hard to tell from a video exactly, but it gives you some kind of idea. Um, and then he kept on extending the quarantine, and the Congress was fighting him, and eventually it seemed like uh, the Congress was was right in trying to end it. I mean, this is a third world country, and the economy here is horrible. It's always been horrible, um, and they people struggle here. I mean, people in the Capitol were holding white flags out of their windows, which means I'm starving. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and I remember um, not long, and there wasn't like a relative a relevant clip to play, but not long after that. Um, you had given me another update, which was that riots and, you know, that sort of act of desperation were predicted when you put a third world country through these type of shutdowns and quarantines. And you had a friend who was trying to get you out and get you to come to L.A. I think. Yeah, I think in, in hindsight, that was kind of alarmist. That hasn't happened. We haven't had any kind of, um, you know, violence. Um, the government did help out families with uh, $300. The average wage here is $10 a day, $9 or $10 a day. So $300 for a family was pretty significant. Um, but it, it, a, a friend of mine sent me a very long text which had names of laws in it. It was extremely detailed. A lot of it was over my head. 
but she was basically explaining um, how the president was using this emergency declaration. Um, so there's apparently in the in the bylaws of El Salvador, there's apparently some kind of law that says during an, an emergency, when this particular law is in effect, the government can spend money without telling people where it's spending the money. And according to her, he, he has been siphoning money into ghost corporations under that law during quarantine. And apparently this is why he wanted to keep extending it and extending it and extending it. Um, another friend of mine from the States, I was talking to him about it and he's basically like, yeah, people like power. People like to tell other people what to do. And so I think he kind of like, he liked the control. Yeah. Interesting to note, I've also heard that he wasn't even here during the quarantine. He was in Miami and he's got a great PR team, like filmmakers, and they set up a room to make it look like the room in the presidential palace here. Yes. Wait, is this is this substantiated like for sure or no. it's like a it's a well accepted rumor? No, this is one person one person told me this. But you find it believable. I mean, but, I do. But <laughs> there's there's other things that kind of prove it. Apparently his wife has kicked him out of the house and um and he yeah. Uh so he's he yeah, he's on he's He's on the outs with the wife, and then apparently what's definitely true is he's got this brilliant filmmaking team, and they make everything look like, oh, you know, he's doing so great. So the, it's possible that he wasn't even here for the quarantine or that he's still not here. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, bad news all around. This happens to every single president in El Salvador. They've robbed the country. And then the, the next person comes up and says, I'm going to not rob the country, and they rob the country. You know, these traditions, man, <laughs> time-honored. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's, this is true for every country. Right, right. Um, very true. Yeah, and, like, funnily enough, like, our president who likes power so much like it seems like this could have been a an easy way for him to use lots of power and instead he was just like no it's not it's not real right only to come around and now he's doing the whole well i did know but didn't want to cause a panic i'm winston churchill um yeah it's it's a lot i don't pay attention to what he says or does anymore i'm done with him yeah he, he's he's just He's just such, he's a devil, and I don't care what he does. I, I don't care what he says. I'm never reading anything about what he says. It doesn't matter. We need to put another person in power. Yes. End of story. And, <laughs> end of story. It seems so obvious to me, but um, I've learned that it's hard. To, it's really hard to convince people who There's don't. no convincing. Yeah. There's no convincing. I've uh, a number of times with a, a couple of different people like really thought that there was an argument to be made and if only I just provided this rational <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Some facts. I was there too. Yeah. Facts. A, a little fact here or there, but no, yeah. they don't want it. Yeah. Even a fact is just a, a product of the liberal media and can you trust yep. it? And it's like it's from yep. it's from NASA. But like, um, but yeah, so um, so when did you said there, there was no surfing for 77 days? So it was just over like a two, two and a half months, more or less, that you were on quarantine? Yeah, I think it was maybe closer to three months, but whatever. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, and then there's st we're everything's still not open here. Um, they they said okay, the construction sector is open, so uh, ferreterias, the hardware stores, were open, and then. Um, now, just in the past couple of weeks, restaurants have opened, but I won't go in there because none of the customers are wearing masks. Mm. It's like... Is like, it technically a law and, and they're just not doing it or there's not a law? There's not a law. There's, there's no... that You get texts on your phone saying, hey, you can save your life if you wear a mask. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, I went to the... The, the beach town here the other night, Sunday night for the first time. I was there for at night for the first time on Sunday and only half the people were wearing masks. And I was like, this is a death wish. Like what, like <clears throat> it's, it's as if people hadn't heard that there's a pandemic. I know, I'm Uber driving now. And for the most, like I, had, I hadn't because I was on unemployment through July and then when they cut it, I was like, I was ready to be doing something again anyway. And I was worried about having to enforce it. And people are mostly good because we got hit so hard at first and people learned basically. And just, it became part of the routine. It's like, it's cute. Somebody will come out the house and like see me with mine and go like, oh, and like run back in the house. And like even little kids like pull them out of their pockets and stuff. <laughs> but like randomly today, I had people that were bad. Like, the, and it, I don't know if people are just getting tired or if I'm just picking up like less like, I don't know, courteous people or, or whatever, but um, like I heard some girl just like blatantly eating behind me today. And I know you don't have a mask on if you're eating. <laughs> like, um, and just. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't know what the dynamics are there, but I would be tempted just to like, when they get in the car saying, okay, mask at all times. If for any reason you want to take your mask off, you have to get out. Yeah, just because I, I have little signs that I like stuck on the car and like if somebody doesn't have a mask on, I, I tell them too. like I think it's pretty clear that this is something that I am enforcing and that I, I care about. Um, and so to like notice that they've like pulled it down and it, it wears on you to have to be that guy, which I knew was going to be the case. And then I always you mean like, the, I the always guy who's alive. It, it really wears on you to be the guy who's alive, man. It's hard. It's hard to be the survivors. Um, yeah, but it's been, of course, a really interesting thing to do as well. Like, I get so many, like, um, it's been interesting. I had two two-lane students who had been quarantined at a hotel because they, their friend had tested positive, even though they never tested net. They only tested negative, but they still had to be quarantined for 14 days at a hotel and were finally getting out. And the people who test positive go to the quarantine dorm, which is basically like a jail, and they have to eat the cafeteria food. But the people who tested negative and went to the hotel, they get like real food delivered to them and stuff. It's like a whole whole thing. So I like get in on all wow. the goss. <laughs> I get the goss. So <laughs> to get back to El Salvador, um, was it pressure from Congress, pressure from people? Why did the president eventually like? Yeah, the, the Congress power? basically just. I think it's so hard for me to get information here yeah. because I I'm good at speaking Spanish, but I'm bad at understanding it. And the, the just the information flow here isn't. It's not first world. You don't you know? have like a political guru like your buddy who updates you on. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm always the last person to know everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think the Congress basically overrode him at the end. 
Um, that's my understanding of it. Right. Um, and then is there any, like, I, well, and I don't know the rules here either. Like, there is some rule in place, like, when this happens, we'll move to, like, all, the rest of Louisiana just moved to phase three, which means restaurants can have, I think, 50% capacity as opposed to 25, but not New Orleans because they're just, like, keeping our rules stricter. And so it's been this constant, like, moving, and I don't know what any of the metrics are or why they decide to change at any given point, but... Um, well, it looks like everybody's taking it seriously. Like every, it looks like everybody's inside. I haven't even seen anybody like walking down the sidewalk or any cars pass by you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I had the city block off the block. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> they had a lot of pools. I only lived there for a little while. That's yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, it's also the clouds haven't even moved. That's the that's the craziest part. You told the clouds to freeze. <laughs> you, <laughs> old man, yelled at cloud. Oh, I've always wanted to. I'll have to take that still frame. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, what is is there like? Do you have any idea what the future looks like there? Well, There's like a phases. Like like who who's allowed in? No one's allowed in right now, but they're apparently reopening the airport in, like, a couple weeks. Maybe. It's so weird here. It's mm -hmm. like, this, it, there's one thing that's true of this culture is there's no planning. There, there's no planning for anything. It's mm -hmm. like, that. hey, let's do this tomorrow. Okay. Um, what time? Tomorrow. Okay, <clears throat> well, like, what, like what's the exact hour that, that you want to do it? You know, tomorrow. In, yeah you know but, but and then but and then <laughs> it resonates oh really oh yeah new orleans there's no yeah like things oh, will happen. things will happen when they happen yeah it's the big yeah thing. oh i didn't that makes sense <laughs> I, i've only spent a couple of days in new orleans but that totally makes sense mm -hmm. yeah so when when especially you know the whole world is like this now with with the the virus it's like people make plans but they always change so Apparently, there's like a phasing system where more and more stuff opens over time. And I read some things about that, but everything is in flux. Everything mm -hmm. always changes here anyway. So I'm just like, I'm just waiting for people to tell me what's what's happening. And do you know what have like the $300 that you mentioned that was per week or month or and like no that was a it, one that was a, a one shot time. deal. That was and, yeah. and has there been any other economic assistance that you know of? Not that I'm aware of. Although um, I I should include this. Um, uh, my neighbors who so I have this couple who one of them is from Holland and one of them is from Germany um, and they're actually back in Europe right now. But apparently they're coming back soon. Maybe they teach at the German school in the capital. Um, they told me that they were. This is during the quarantine. They said we're. Um, Getting, we're getting some bags of food together for people near here who need it because people needed it because mm -hmm. no one was working and they're already super poor, like dirt floors poor, mm -hmm. you know, like everybody's sleeping in one room poor, mm -hmm. like poor. So, um, so I was like, oh, okay. And so I threw some money in and went over there and we did like an assembly line. They were like, six or seven of us and we got all the the um the stuff you know like beans and rice and pasta and spaghetti sauce and soap and salt and noodles and whatever i can't remember all the stuff 
And then we made like 250 bags and then they took those to like people up the hill here. And then one time, we did that a couple times and one time they took them like almost two hours away to this little pueblo up in the mountains. Um, but that that was happening and I know a surf, um, a surf hotel near here, Puro Surf, shout out because they, they really hooked it up. Apparently they, um, they provided a lot of that assistance to, to people nearby. So there was a little bit of that going on just from like people. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a bit of that happening here too. Um, wow. Yeah. A number of groups. Um, and I've been doing, I, I volunteer as a driver. So a couple of times a week I'll take meals out, but it's rest. The one I'm doing now, it's restaurants that actually donate as well as uh, there's a, wow. this world central kitchen. They operate, I guess probably worldwide, but by the name, but they have little frozen meals, but th yeah, that's along with actual restaurant food that restaurants donate. Um, and, or I would imagine they're compensated somehow because there's, you know, the whole thing is restaurants need our help right now. Um, and then another organization called Southern Solidarity. I'm not sure where they source their food, but they, they do a lot of meal handouts for, um, the homeless. Um, and, but, and I think that's really ramped up under, under COVID. Um, it's, it's mostly aimed at old people who, who can't really get out for their own meals and stuff. But if, if you have the need, you can call and get, and get on the list. Um, wow, that's really cool. I, it's so weird. I, I've like kind of, I guess my perception of the, the rest of the world is a little bit warped having lived here for a little while. Because it's kind of like when you live in New York, you think that there's like New Jersey and nowhere else, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of sometimes feel like El Salvador is the only place that has problems or hungry people, which mm -hmm. apparently is not the case. No, it's not. <laughs> um, uh, what are you teaching English or anything like any today? Just in, what are what are you teaching like? Oh yeah, I'm teaching English mm -hmm. to people in China. Okay, I wondered about your time schedules. It seemed a little yeah, awesome. other side of the world. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. do you want to give that or anything a shout out? Maybe your tennis heads podcast. I listened to your yes. recent one today. I was like, I should listen to Kirby's podcast before having him on my podcast. That's what the, that's what the people do. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so a, so just be honest with me. How much of it did you listen to? I'll be honest with you. I had it on while I was Uber driving. So I got a rider okay. who is a high schooler who has the same birthday as me. So we started chatting. Of wow. Um, okay. Okay. And so I missed a lot of it that way. Um, I, I, I don't know that much about tennis, so it was kind Neither of, shocking. Do I. you know what I really liked though. And what, what stuck with me, I liked that you shouted out the moms at the end. I liked the mom shot out. Um, and it had then, to happen. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, you know, that, yeah, definitely a, a factoid that resonated. It's like, that is really cool. Good for them. Um, and, the yeah, the woman who dated the rock star. I was like, ooh, I wonder what rock star that is. It was uh, Red Foo. Oh, I don't know. Is yeah. that the right name? Red Foo? I don't know. He was part of a, what, you don't know that guy? I don't know. He was part of a band um, that I don't know. David but Grohl Victoria has of the Foo Fighters? No, it was like, his name was like Red, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to look it up, but I won't. Right. Um, yeah, she she had some party years back in the day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Victoria Zarenka. But yeah, three moms for the first time ever in the quarterfinals of a major. It's just happened. It's like totally amazing. And one of the moms made the final. 
Victoria Zarenka. Okay, so, and then who won? Naomi Osaka. Oh, right, right, and she wore all the masks. That's right. The, the, yes, that's she right. did. She also, when the NBA, when the Milwaukee Bucks said, okay, we're not playing, and then the rest of the NBA said, yeah, we're not playing, Naomi Osaka said, I'm not playing. Like, she was basically ready to default her semifinal match of the big tournament. It wasn't the U.S. Open, but it's mm-hmm. a big tournament. And, um, and then uh, tennis was really cool about it. Tennis said, okay, we'll, then nobody's playing, and we'll hold this off for, like, a couple of days. So I think nobody played for, like, a day or two because she did that. Very nice. Yeah. Tennis activism. Yeah. And no one else is doing it, by the way. Well, there's a couple of other black players who are who have made some posts and stuff, but even Serena and Venus haven't been that vocal. They and they certainly aren't like wearing masks with like Breonna Taylor's name on mm. it, you know, uh, when they come out to the court. So Naomi Osaka is like uh, I I just she she has all of my respect. Like she is a, a an incredibly uh, a mature twenty two. Oh wow, she's only twenty two. That's awesome. Yeah, got yeah. a lot of years ahead of her. That's exciting. Yeah, someone to keep us keep us on our toes in the years to come. So the other question I wanted to ask you about the podcast is: Did you subscribe? <laughs> yes, I did. I subscribed. I I, okay, but you should know that I, I I don't think that there's a single podcast I subscribe to. So you'll be that's crazy. I don't. Why wouldn't there's so many good podcasts? I know. Well, yeah. I it's like I said. It's just it's it's never been something. And I realized that I love NPR weekend programming, which is basically just podcast after podcast that I don't have to like track down. And like, especially when I'm Uber driving, it's really just like delightful. I, it's, I love a Saturday, just like driving around. Wait, wait, don't tell me right into asking another. <laughs> Music inside out. Well, great. Thank you so much again for... Yeah, so, well, the, the podcast is called Tennis Heads. Oh, right, yeah. Tennis. Two words, Tennis Heads, H-E-A-D-Z. And then you have to search for it because if you just search for tennis, it won't it won't come up yet. But if you search for it time. as one word, it will come up because I made that mistake and found it. Um, oh, really? So you have to search for it with one no, word? No, you don't have to, but you can. Okay. So yeah, another thing you can do is you can give our podcast a review on iTunes and that boosts the stuff. And that's something that you should ask your listeners to do too, because it really uh, increases your visibility. Okay. Yeah. And you should ask them at the beginning too. I've, I've learned this trick recently Mm -hmm. too. Like for some really good podcasts, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, I did mean to specifically ask you for podcasting tips at the end. Um, That's you, all which, I have. Which are, okay, well, good. <laughs> it happened organically, as they say. Um, well, great. I, I, yeah, this, I am so happy to have the ball rolling, and I'm really happy that we had all the delays that we had because that's when I upgraded my mic, and like I said, I'm basically a sound engineer now after watching three YouTube videos. Wow, that's fantastic. That's all it takes to get expertise these days, right? Three YouTube videos. Well, your years of video editing helps, too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, but um, like sound was never any, like, I still feel like I, I'm definitely faking all of what I do. I'm like, I guess it sounds different. Like EQ, I guess, move this one over. Yeah, I think you, a lot of it is you just have to play around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was one where he was like showing the DSer, and he's like, "Oh," and clearly thought that whatever he did, like one of the videos, of course, that I was watching, and maybe like its own sound quality wasn't good enough for me to hear something, mm -hmm. but I was just Probably. like, I was just like, oh, I felt like the, the worst student. I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't hear it, man. I didn't hear it. Those S's sounded exactly the same to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's gonna be fun to have just a, a new project, and like also very interesting. I've I was the whole reason it started is I was like I wonder what other people's COVID experiences were like and I happen to know people in many different countries so it's a wonderful idea especially if you know people in other countries and uh, it's it's also you're you're a good host you know it's oh, fun thank talking you. to you <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, I'll I'll cycle through all of my um, street photography too <laughs> my different street corners oh well, yeah you should you should give a shout out to your to your Instagram account because your photography is amazing. Oh, thank you again. Again, I, I learned yeah. so much from you. I Angie Mation, like a pun on animation, but with the name Angie, is my time lapse and stop motion one. And Ollie in America, like short for O L L I E. O L L I E. Yeah, a lot of people hear A L I sometimes, but. That's my dog. He's a Thai dog, and he has been in America since. But you can't tell. He doesn't really have that much of an accent. So. No. <laughs> but when, uh, whenever he doesn't listen to me, which is always, I'm just like, well, English isn't his first language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He gets away with a lot. <laughs> I know he does. Uh all right well thanks again so much that's yeah awesome. thank you we'll do it again in 2023 okay you're on i'll, I'll write in my trapper <laughs> keeper <laughs> bye okay bye all righty well if you've made it this far thank you so much i truly appreciate it um, and just one more reminder, since this is apparently what people do at the end of their podcast, please like and subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's funny because at the time of recording the outro of my first episode, these aren't actually published anywhere, but obviously if you're listening to it, it is. So yeah, wherever you're viewing or watching, otherwise consuming it, they tell me the, uh, the ratings and reviews really matter. So any, anything helps. See you next time. Adios. Watching history that